Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On Disney Plus, discover the shocking true story. Less than 1% of people get addicted to Oxycontin. Of how one company's greed triggered the worst drug epidemic in American history. A pharma company is lying about their medication. Addiction rates are on the rise because of this drug. A new and exclusive original series from the executive producer of The Handmaid's Tale. These people trusted me. Can't believe how many of them are good now. Dope Sick, now streaming only on Disney Plus. 18 plus subscription required. T's and C's apply. Welcome to Pod 48, which sounds like a, a sort of shitter end of the disco club spectrum in 1970s New York. Does that? It sounds like a really, really bad, like, shitty end of town club. It definitely. does. No celebs It's basically would... Studio 54 if it was in, like, Hull. No celebs would go to Pod 48. No. John no, Travolta wouldn't be there. It's just the lads who are still wearing a fat knot tie with a jumper and girls who are just <laughs> a little bit too fat for the disco pants. Tiny bit, like 10%. And there, in pod 48, in the middle of that light up dance floor, which only has four bones, three of which are broken, you will find me, Lee Calvert, <laughs> the editor of bloodandmud.com, and you will find him, uh, Josh Gardner, editor of rugbyshirtwatch.com. We will be there, your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge, awkwardly throwing questionable shapes with very little self awareness. None and, at all. And we welcome all of you out there to the club that is pod 48. Come. Come dance, come dance with us. Abandon your worries and wallow in its maladroit waters as we take you on yet another trip that you're not quite sure you wish to be on. Yes. But well, you're coming unlike, anyway. And unlike many clubs in uh, in England these days, you can guarantee that ours won't have James Haskell DJing on it. <laughs> you can absolutely guarantee that. Um, <laughs> For coming, a whole variety of reasons. Coming up this week... Uh, what could we talk about, Josh? Did, did anything of note <laughs> happen or come around, weekend, come around this weekend? I'm, I'm, str- I'm struggling. There's definitely not been a... Oh, a no, mass- that's right. Yes. yes. There's an absolute clusterfuck of the first weekend of the new tackle directives, <laughs> isn't there? Look, now, you know that I had some reservations, serious reservations about these new laws being brought in, particularly the timing that, with which they were brought in. Yeah. Like, 
radically altering what's an acceptable tackle and what isn't halfway through the season just seemed like badly thought through at the best and a bit reckless. Yeah, but hang on a minute. Let me, let me just do the standard response to that. It's not the offseason. It's not the offseason in the, in the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> yes, I've had. I've yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's all I've got to say on that. That yeah, grown-up okay, thing yeah, is all um, I have to say about yeah, it. But but look, in good faith. Do, we have on record that me and thee both sat here last week and said, you know, yeah. we, we trying to keep an open mind. Yeah. We believe in making players safety, safety or other. Let's let's see how it goes. There'll be a period of adjustment, but hopefully the doctors who created these new guidelines know what they're doing, and we'll end up with a safer game overall. Yeah, let's leave it there, and we'll come back and talk about it in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've got that to talk about so we'll have all mm. of the rage about that that was Sorry, just the start I, of it I just, got, I just got really ranty then really was got doors, give, honestly I? give you an inch I, and you... I, I was the, the, the there was I was the whippet there was I saw the little bit of the hair and I was fucking <laughs> gone there was yes. Sorry. We're also going to review the actual rugby that took place this weekend. Uh, we'll did, do did some rugby take place this weekend. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I... I, I, from my timeline on Twitter, I'm not sure, but yeah, I think I think that is the case. Um, we're going to do the shit good ratings, and we've got the return of you, Dirty Get, which we've been trying to do for about the past three weeks, and so not managed to do it. Yes, um, we, we are actually. Maybe if we've actually said it this week, we're going. Yeah, I've to got do to it. do it now. No matter yeah. how long this runs for, ladies we're and gentlemen, <laughs> we're committed we're, now. Yeah, you are all in this for the long haul now. Okay, like. You can get in touch with the pod. Uh, well, get in touch with me, who is uh, part of the pod, at Blood and Mud. And you can get in touch with Josh. Uh, at Rugby Shirt Watch, or indeed at Josh Gardner. Thank you all, all of you who engage with us in our repartee. Um, you can also leave reviews on iTunes, and you can also subscribe to us on iTunes, which would be very useful because it means you get a nicely fresh delivered pile of bile every Tuesday yeah, morning. Literally, literally every Tuesday morning, you'll wake up. Yeah, and you'll see us. And we've not, not been us. That would be terrifying. And we've not been ridiculously late or completely out of order for at least, oh God, what four weeks now? So at it, least it, a month, maybe even two. Yeah, so you can maybe you can rely on the fact that it will probably, perhaps, probably, more than likely, maybe, maybe be there on a Tuesday yeah. morning. And you can leave a review on iTunes, which really helps for us. Like Rich Harley, who has left us this review that we are demonstrably good, like five stars. <laughs> Demonstrably good, like how we're demonstrably good, but yeah, <laughs> five what, stars can't how argue have with we it. Demonstrated that. I'm not. I'm not arguing with it. By I'm delivering just, it on time curious. with something that yes. doesn't doesn't sound like it's down a well for about six weeks. Come on, that's true. That is true. Actually, our sound quality is vastly improved. Marginal gains, like Sky, only without the alleged doping. Um, <laughs> so thanks for all your reviews. Please leave one click on the star ratings. Also, there's been a big move this week. We'll bore you with this, but we've moved to Acast. So we you may been. you may have heard an advert at the beginning of this, which is a pre-roll advert from them. We appreciate that adverts are you know not the most wonderful thing in the world, but it helps us cover our costs, helps us to keep going, helps us to keep bringing this to you. So thanks very much for your patience and all that with that, which is lovely. Um, you can so you can get us. Well, I don't think we'll be on SoundCloud anymore. I don't think that'll work like that anymore. So you'd have to go to the Acast app and get us. And the Acast app might be quite useful because we can also add links. If you're listening on the Acast app, we can actually put links yes. up when we're talking about things. Yeah. So if when we go off on a bizarre tangent that you haven't got a fucking clue what we're talking about, yeah. Um, you can. We might be able to put a little link in there for you to vaguely have some idea. Yes. So that's where we're up to with that. Um, before hmm. we start. Uh, on the massive rant, you <laughs> out there, ladies and gentlemen, you will remember that we do occasionally dip into the rugby lexicon. We do. 
where we have an, our alternative dictionary from the game, where we take rugby terms and make them into something that we think is slightly comedic. And we invite mm. you to do the same, like IGT Ian, who got in touch and said, um, the noun, a manu. Having to wait a long time for something which turns out to be a spectacular disappointment. For example, the first 33 seconds of Haskell's return from energy went well before he did a man- before he had a Manu off Freddie Burns' hip. <laughs> did Chinese we see, democracy. Did we see that, by the way? Uh, yes, it was. I mean, I'm sure you definitely didn't enjoy it. I actually, to be honest, when it happened, for those who haven't seen this and you must well, have Well, obviously, seen when this, it happened, it was quite like, oh, fucking hell. Yes. But then... Once he, it was clear he was fine, then it, it was, was actually quite disturbing. In fact, he didn't even like fall down flat. He no, stayed he in this kind of back. He, he stayed yeah. in this sort of bridged position. It was quite frightening, uh, you know. It was, it was, and it's one of those things that does. I mean, maybe we're slightly seeking here, but it does kind of ram home the point that we do need to do something about players getting serious head injuries in rugby because <laughs> this shit is it's kind of fucking terrifying when shit like that happens yes but yeah but the, i think I mean, there is much discussion about the best way to go about that there is rather and so let's bring us on to that shall we yes the great just... directives of uh capita blow yeah. i mean do obfuscation you want to try and vaggly explain it or do what what the directives have... are yeah, does everybody know it? I guess everyone. Well, there's reckless is, tackle. No fucker knows it. There's reckless the problem, tackle. Well, it? dangerous tackle and accidental mm-hmm. tackle. They were flooding World Rugby and all of their acolytes were flooding uh, social media with this. Will Greenwood was tweeting it and everything, saying people yeah. need to pay attention to it. There's basically reckless tackle, which is if you, when you're tackling, go for somebody's head, or it is yep. reasonable to conclude that you would have gone and hit somebody's head by way of what you were doing. So you could even if you started low. Yeah. Then it's reckless, it's dangerous, and it's a minimum sanction of a yellow card. Easy, simple. Easy. What could go wrong? The second one is accident- <laughs> accidental tackle. Yep. Which is that even if you really didn't know that it might have happened, you could still get penalised. <laughs> I mean, is that, that seems it? A, that seems a little more nebulous, but I mean, yeah, it I'm does. sure. It, even it's if somebody, even sensible. if somebody ducks into your arm. It could possibly be a penalty, although it might not. It doesn't say it doesn't, doesn't say it have to be a penalty. It said it no, could be it a says penalty. might be, and that I think is where a lot of the like. Do you know? Do you know he's yeah. not happy about these directives, Josh? Who is now Andy about Powell? Oh, he's fuming about it. Andy Powell's been he on Twitter, really, and he's, he's been angry about a lot of things this weekend, including making the news for slagging off Cardiff City's crowd against Fulham on Sunday morning. Well, I didn't know that had happened. Oh yes. <laughs> so Andy Powell, this is what he had to say about it. Rugby mm-hmm. league is a hard game at this present moment. Rugby, which I'm sure he means by which he means union. Rugby yeah. union is becoming a joke and a soft game. Things need to change quick before it's gone. That's the problem when you get some clown at the top who's making rule changes. <laughs> is, does he mean Bill Beaumont there? I don't know who he means. I mean, I don't even know if Andy Powell knows who he means, if I'm entirely honest with you. It's like he's come out of that depression that he had and he's just fucking raging at everything. Now now he can feel things again. Now he's out well, of the, the depression. Thing about, the thing about, I mean, you might not realise this, but Andy Powell's account is, not, is actually protected these days. Is so. it? Oh. Yes, so he, or at least it, it was until quite recently. Around about the time he had that awkward thing where his missus put all of his, his ex missus put all of his shit on eBay about eighteen <laughs> yeah. months ago, yeah, um, which was one of my favourite things ever. Um, 
Yeah, so he kind of doesn't. He's not addressing it to the world, but, but at still. the same time, he kind of is. <laughs> I think it's easy yeah. for us to forget as well that we've been obviously we're going to get into the the, the professional side of things at the weekend. But I've had a few tweets of people who've experienced this at the lower level. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah. This weekend, for example, Fraser, that going? Well, Fraser Manson got in touch with us and said, "Our amateur ref on Saturday explaining the new tackle laws before the game. They're not enforcing them at all." <laughs> but that, <laughs> but, that is going to be the thing. Like, as much as we talk about the professional game being a big, like, obviously the professional game is the most visible area of the game. But you know, we're talking about the, the vast majority of rugby players are not playing at the top level. No, and if these I mean, it's arguable that a lot of what we saw on the weekend was just refer like referees enforcing things that they hadn't bothered enforcing before. A lot of it wasn't, but quite no. a few of the people that went, "Oh, another yellow card," and it was like, "Yeah, well, that was a yellow card last week as well." It's just they yeah, there, there's a bit of that as well. They, uh... but, I mean, the amateur refs saying they're going to do something before the game and the change, and they're not doing it is nothing new. To be <laughs> I mean, fair, that is that is basically what amateur refs do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see the ball out nice and clear, and I want nobody. But, and I want I want nobody but the captain talk to, talking to me. No afters. Excuse, yeah, nice excuse me, game. sir. They're lying all over the ball. Any more from you, Captain? <laughs> you'll be gone for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, but right off. But, I mean, it's, the thing is, though, it's become abundantly clear after this first weekend that not only, like, we expected the new rules to confuse everybody, and for nobody and nobody to really have any clue as to what was going on. Mm. But what I think is also become clear over this weekend is that there are some pretty fundamental flaws with these new laws that they just haven't been thought through and not only that they some of them they're actually seemingly to be causing as many head injuries as they are preventing which uh well you had great work guys you well had Mar- marcelo bosch got injured injured himself by going mm. in with his head the wrong side and getting booted one by some yeah. thigh stroke hip haskell did the same Technically yeah. speaking, does Bosch get a red card for endangering recklessly his own head? Well, so even if he wasn't off with a, with a head injury, he'd have to be red carded. I mean, that's the sort of silly thing that we're getting into because, like, the inconsistency side of things, like, it's going to happen. It was the same with when tip tackles came in, mm. like the whole that. Well, it was ever thus, really, isn't it? It was a fucking mess for a couple of months, and then they sorted it out. But like, let's can we just talk about the fact that it's now kind of impossible to stop a tackler who either stoops into contact or attempts to dive for the line from a few yards out. As without, we found out in the Scarlet's conce- game. Yeah, without conceding a penalty or a yellow card or worse. I, I asked a question genuinely on Twitter with the the Barrington one for um, hmm. Saracens and the Scarlet's one. I asked, And it was a genuine question. It wasn't loaded. I wasn't taking the piss. The genuine question was, no, no. what do people think? And, and please let us know out there at Blood and Mud. What do people? What do people think World Rugby expect players to do? I I can only assume World Rugby is saying you're not supposed to try to tackle people there. Yeah, and because if somebody's diving for the line, unless you can somehow score. get under them, yeah. which you can't, you're gonna no, get you're gonna get carded. you physically can't get underneath somebody at that short range. And certainly not enough to get your arms up to stop them from either dabbing the ball down or offloading it to somebody who can. And yeah, yeah, it's like they're expecting players to be fucking psychic now, and like being able to tell when a player sort of decides to drop the shoulder and push their head down because that does happen. 
you know, players will stoop and will go low to try and, you know, rumble through yeah. some tackles. And then before you know it, their head is basically at waist height. And what are you supposed to do? Well, not do a front-on tackle. But if you've set yourself up for that, then again, what, yeah. you, know, get, you don't play in slow motions. If you set yourself no. up for that, you can't you, you can't stop yourself. For, like, like the Barrington one when Barrett... I mean, yeah. that, I mean that, was, what, that was. Why wasn't that two red cards? Yeah, that would have been stupid. <laughs> that was two red cards. That was two red cards. Because yeah. to be fair, they kept saying that Barrington's one was worse, but he just set himself up to drive he his shoulder into the tackle. He didn't have any choice in the matter. Barrett was... actually did run in, swinging yeah. his arm like a windmill into somebody's head. So... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That Barrett's was a yellow card last week, maybe even a red, and Barrington's last week probably would have been a penalty. Yes. Whereas yeah, now, yeah, possibly it was. It was. I mean, he just had a fucking mare, didn't he? Barrington had an absolute mare because it was his well, hundredth. Yeah. It was his hundredth appearance as well, and he was. Literally, he couldn't do anything about it. No. Well, all I can assume is is that what World Rugby want people to do in that situation is not pl- plant your feet and not drive your shoulder in, and if you're going to go in, do a passive tackle. Yeah, that's, that's the only that's... thing they can. That that must be the. And I suppose, actually, if somebody from World Rugby was here, they might say, well, actually, yeah, that's what we want. We want more passive yeah. tackling. <sighs> but Which is unbelievably depressing. Well, nobody wants it. It's depressing. Yeah, it's rubbish. What I don't understand, right, is when... Um, you know, I took my kid to one of those, would have mm. seen to have propped up everywhere, those trampoline, indoor trampoline parks. Right, yeah. And I had to sign all kinds of shit, right, before he went <laughs> in. So that if he, like, got his head trapped in between the yeah. springs, I couldn't sue him. Yeah. I've never quite understood why fully grown adults can't say. And my friend did that tough guy race. You know, you have to like run through mud. And tough mudder, yeah, yeah. And you yeah, get yeah. electrocuted and all kinds yeah. of stuff. And he had to sign about 17 waivers to say, well, if you know, you end up <laughs> killing yourself, it's not our fault. You do wonder why why there isn't just this kind of thing that says, right, right, every new, everyone who signs a contract now with the union or with their club. Yeah. In it is that actually, I understand this is a game where my head might get smashed in. I've been coached correctly how to tackle. That's the well, end of it. Don't do that. Because it's only going to take, what, 30 seconds for savvy coaches to realise that, you know, as you say, that the only tackling that's going to be acceptable is passive tackling. And mm. so, particularly from like a couple of metres out, you can do whatever you want. Like, Yeah, just pick it up and run with it because you're going to yeah, go over. The glo- like the glorious end point of that is going to be Exeter winning the league and the Champions <laughs> Cup with Chubby Tommy scoring forty fucking tries. He in won't the next retire till he's forty-eight. <laughs> yeah, there's literally no legal way to stop him anymore. It's uh, if World Rugby had any fucking self-respect at all, they would probably call a halt to these new <laughs> rules today. Send the doctors back to the fucking drawing board. Maybe consult with a few players and coaches this time as well. Ben um, Kay said on BT Sport, didn't he? And I think Hugo Monia made the same point on Rugby Tonight. I didn't see it, but apparently. Saying that actually if you start driving people in low, they're going to start bouncing their heads off hips which is, and knees, which are the bonier part well, of the body. that is the thing, and yeah. Then, you know, so did anybody actually do any analysis on what low tackle? I don't know. This is This is a genuine question. I don't know what analysis they did on injuries that result from people flying in. The Dan Lydiot type tackle, you know. Yeah. Well, that's, there's, there were five concussions in that Exeter Saris game mm. on the weekend, right. which seems a alarmingly high for starters. Which it probably is. Yeah, but only one of those was the result of was the Barrington Barrett one was the result of foul play. Yeah. The other four 
were all tacklers getting their heads in the wrong place and connecting with a knee, a thigh, an elbow. Wasn't part of the review, though, did say that tacklers are the ones putting themselves at risk by doing this as well? So it protects everybody by driving everyone a bit lower and a bit more passive. Clearly not. My rugby league friends, by the way, are having a fucking field day with this. I bet they are because it's because they've gotten so preoccupied with like a stray hand brushing against someone's head when the ball carrier, who happens to be a ball carrier rather, they forgot that by by as you say forcing players to aim their tackle targets lower, they're putting them at hugely increased risk. So if you instead of aiming for sort of you know across the nipple area, as most you can't see what probably, Josh is doing right now, you should be yeah, very glad of that. I'm, I'm drawing a lovely line between my nipples, um, but they can't do that anymore because you'll inevitably get sent off when it rides up because of physics. Um, yeah. So they have to drop the tackle target to the sternum, which is pretty much exactly where a ball carrier's elbow is if they're holding the ball. Yeah. You... Or they drop it lower again, and there's hips, there's thighs, there's knees. And when you're a fucking 18 stone bloke, those hips, thighs, and knees are pretty fucking solid. And you're looking at, you're having to get rid of a lifetime's muscle memory here from tackling. Well, yeah. And again, maybe World Rugby will say, well, we understand that, and we expect it to take five to 10 years to get this sorted, but it's for the long term good of the game, blah, 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 blah. So. It's still stupid. I just people so know the risk stupid. they assume, don't they? It's not like yeah. people in the old days. Genuinely, I genuinely didn't know when I was like twenty-one playing at a shit level. If I took two, if I took a bang to the head, that if I got yeah. another one in the same game, that could possibly kill me. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, of course you didn't. I it didn't know it. Was it. not whereas, known. Whereas now it is known, and you know, and the, the protocols are there in place. But I just think this is just a step. And also, there's no more offloads. That was the only thing that was going to be a positive. No, nope, there, are there no wasn't more any offloads. more offloads at all. Like... We said and we said we'd give it a chance, but we said it was going to be shit. And basically, that's it. It's the end of the discussion now. It is. It can't possibly get any shitted. better. It's been shit. Like, I did love thing, that um, Ian... The thing that fucks me off about this, though, more than anything else, right. is that they've brought it in now. Because... Good safety issue, you, say, you can't have people running around tackling like they've always done for the next three months. That would have, that would have been the end of the world. It's a safety issue. You may recall that I had a bit of a Twitter Barney with one of the doctors <laughs> who actually wrote these new laws. You get into um, some rows, you, don't you? Well, I, very occasionally, but when I do, they're quite spectacular. Um, and I basically asked him, in amongst all the other things I was telling him, I just said, why, why could you not just wait until off-season to bring these new laws in up north? Because then at least teams have got an entire pre-season to work on adjusting their tackling mm. technique instead of having to do it with two weeks' notice mid-season on the fucking fly. And his response was that it was reckless to allow players to continue to make illegal contact with the head for another half a season when it could be stopped instantly. And he was genuinely quite incredulous, actually, when I suggested that perhaps asking players to... I don't know, radically alter their tackling technique mid-season would be just as reckless and potentially dangerous for the tackler as, as letting them carry on doing what they've always fucking done for another couple of months. But, yeah, I wonder if he's feeling quite as smug after this weekend. Probably, because he was a bit of an arsehole. But, this country's um, had enough yeah. of experts, Josh. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to be the I'm sick of experts guy. But in this case, like... The, the person best place is... to, to, to review and make decision on this is, is Bob Carroll G's and Spit the Dog. <laughs> we've had enough of we've had enough of experts. Yes, but, but I see what you're yeah, saying. The simple fact is that, in its desperation to look busy, 
and to get out ahead of the potential lawsuits that are definitely going to end up coming from ex-players who've mm. had their quality of life changed by head injuries. World Rugby is not only quite badly damaged the game that they are the stewards of, but they've also put players in an extra and unnecessary bit of danger for six months while they do it. And that's... Oh, I tell you who I felt sorry for. Up. Genuinely felt sorry for. Was Who? was was the ref in the Saris game? Because yeah, well, he was he was looking at the replay screen and it zoomed right in on his fizzog, and you could yeah. just see in his eyes. He just write, "Why me? Why yeah. the fuck is of, this of me all, today yeah. of all days?" <laughs> of all the, yeah, if this had happened last week, yeah, nobody would have said a fucking thing. But then he just he he, he made the strangest logical leaps I've ever seen a ref make. I think that kind of right. The Barrett one was bad. But then the Barrington one was worse. Therefore, I'm giving a red card to Barrington and we'll forget about the other one. Well, it's the same with that Scarlet's Ulster try yellow card thing because he gave a yellow card to the bloke doing what would have been a perfectly legal tackle last week hmm. and a penalty try and then completely ignored uh, Andrew Trimble basically clotheslining the same player yeah. about three seconds later. Who yes. left his left a swinging arm out and, and it hit him right in the face. Loads of tackles that you don't notice as well that I've started to notice now is people diving for somebody who's going in at the corner. Yes. Because you throw yourself when you're in that situation, you throw yourself at the top half of people's trunk because you're trying to yes. knock the, to the knock ball carrying yeah. arm away or knock them yeah. off trajectory. And the num I've already seen already there's a couple where somebody's obviously going in to try and shove them and you you're coming in either on the shoulder and popping it up and cracking them around the head and effectively pulling them into touch by the head. Yeah, and there were a couple of those this weekend that, you know, it was people being grabbed around the fucking trapezius and around the neck and that was like and around the shoulder and that and being pulled down by it. And that was, you know, Jake Paul got sent off for that. But and I yet mean, that happened three times in the Ospreys game and only one of them was a penalty. Referees have always, to varying degrees, treated the laws of, of rugby and so have we all really, like, like, like greengrocers apostrophes. <laughs> you know, there's the, the, you know sometimes it's correct, sometimes it isn't. There's no general, yeah. there's no really discernible pattern as to what's correct and what isn't in terms of what you're applying. But the the is it Ian Fletcher was a ref on it in the Saracens game. It was notable that it, that did that was a classic green grocer's apostrophe. Yeah. You know, you've got an <laughs> apostrophe on you've got an apostrophe on oranges, but you've not got one on apples. <laughs> what 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 are you on about? Well, I think that's kind of how we like it, isn't it? We yeah, like refs to show a little bit of empathy and a little bit of understanding for the, you know, the reality of the situation. And and this just yeah. sort of draconian bollocks is all very, it feels very wrong and very so weird, and I don't like. We're it. headed into a big European weekend next weekend now with um, yeah. with this uh, to be to be dealt with. Um. And we'll see. I, mean, I think we just keep saying our piece over and over again. The reality of it seems to demonstrate it's a bit of a nightmare. There's the unforeseen consequences issue of people getting arsed into the arsed in the head yeah. off the field, basically. It would basically, seem. yeah. Um, and we're gonna have to see how it goes. Once again, we're gonna have to see how it goes. It's uh, it's all a bit. I can't remember another time in rugby where I've just been so unsh Literally, I was watching the Ospreys game on Saturday afternoon, which was obviously a match that I had a great deal of stake yep. in. And every time 
like there was a tackle or something, I was on tenterhooks because it just it was like, oh fuck, is this the one where they're gonna get a red card? It increases the, the drama, where... though, doesn't it? I suppose. <laughs> it certainly makes for a slightly more stressful watch if you've it's got like any an LB, kind of It's like an LBW shout every ball in cricket. Basically, <laughs> basically is, isn't it? Yeah. Let's have a look uh, at the actual rugby yeah, matches, of the weekend, shall we? Let's have a look yeah. at the actual rugby matches. We'll start off with. Did you do the Premiership? Yeah, why not? Um, let's go back to Friday. Newcastle versus Bath on Friday. I didn't yeah, see, I didn't what see that one there? coming. I mean, Newcastle are basically safe now, aren't they? I would like say a... so, and it's uh, you know it's all testament to the blood munching <laughs> git face, uh, Mister Richards, that he's um, he's, yeah, he's obviously a, a bloody good coach. Credit is you know... due for the psycho, but he's he's done a fabulous <laughs> job this season, and without Andy Goode as well. And without Andy Goode, yes, yeah. I think that, that's that lest we forget. But yeah, they've uh, they, yeah. Managed to build on what they had. They scrapped that last year. They've, they've managed to keep it going. And Bath continue to be frustrating. And... Oh, so frustrating. I mean, I think we might have to accept that maybe Alid Brew isn't completely <laughs> the answer. <laughs> I mean... No. Yeah, as strange as it might seem to, to, to uh, admit that. Us, but there is some, some growing evidence that... There's a reason yeah. why people still have a gigantic question mark painted all over his face. Hmm. I mean, I'd like this week to be noted, perhaps a little prematurely, as the first week that I genuinely started to feel like Bristol might not get relegated. I mean, mm. they still might. But still for lost, the first time, I've thought, yeah. genuinely thought... I mean, they ran out of steam away to Saints, but they got... If they can absolutely... start winning at home... Yeah, well, that's the thing. They got bitch-slapped by, uh, by Saints at home under mm. Robinson. They got completely outmatched, out physicaled, out everything. And they lost by about thirty points. Mm. And here they, they kept fighting right until the end. They you know, were, if they'd had like one or two more players on the bench to come off and give them some fresh legs, they probably would have at least got a draw. And yeah, they're now they got a losing bonus point. They're a point behind Worcester. Speaking of whom were too busy absolutely shitting the bed, the carpet, and everything else in the room against Shit up Gloucester the walls, it's on the ceiling, it's everywhere. The, <laughs> it's literally everything, just torch the whole place, that ain't ever coming out. <laughs> but it's, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I think this is the thing with Bristol, you see, because I think Bristol will start winning at home if they keep playing like this, and Worcester are not going to win anywhere, apart <laughs> no. from, you know, who can be the biggest loser competition, because they look desperate well they just look so bad on the road like so like they look slightly more up for it at home they did beat quins last week don't forget but quins traveled terribly as well they so uh, you know, how much can you read into that really and that's the thing teams like bristol still got a place at quins at home they still got a place sale at home they still got to play gloucester at home bath at home mm. you know i just think you look at that you know any team that ships 50 points away to a bad team which let's be honest Gloucester yeah. are a shite team and i mean it's very lucky for worcester that they managed to sneak those draws early on in the season when they looked like they still gave a fuck because mm. if they hadn't they'd probably they would be, be in the mire wouldn't they yeah drift by now and yeah it's it's remarkable how cuz you know for all the like flack that he got for it. Ben Teo was right that people weren't really expecting Worcester to be right in the shit this year, given the amount no. of recruitment that they did. 
but it's just gone really badly. I remember when we were on the, uh, when we had JB on the pod last year, didn't we? And he, mm. he, he coined the phrase peak Teo, which I think he uses on the other thing now. But uh, he's cl- the, the egg chasers are claiming that one, which they're not allowed to because he was on our pod when it was said yes. first. But, uh, he, the, bang, he was bang on with that, though. He was he bang on, yeah. It was only downhill from there, and, yeah. and as has been demonstrably proven-like. Um, yeah, so that was Worcester. Uh, shall we talk about Wasp versus Leicester? We went for Bristol, who obviously have had a significant change of attitude with a coach change. Leicester, it's their first weekend since... I'll let you say it. What did you say? It's the first weekend since they've... Since Leicester got their cock out. Yay! (laughs) Since Leicester got Um, their cock out, yeah. And for the first 40 minutes, it looked like it was a very... They've got their cock in. They have got their cock in. (laughs) Right in. Ford's got his cock in. Yeah. There's there's an image that you didn't want. (laughs) Oh, and there is also, I mean, if that was Mike Ford's decision, that was a, a very bad decision for his future employment. And they lost again. Yeah. And to do that and then bring in one of the most successful coaches in Europe as a consultant. Yes. With a man like Murad in charge. Who seems like he it's... can motivate men a little bit more than Mike can. Yeah. And given the way that Mike Ford got his job, which is basically turning up as a consultant and then hanging around long enough for Murad to lose it and fucking sack the bloke who was currently in the job. Um, you imagine yeah. that meeting, can't you? Michael, I'm thinking of bringing a consultant in. No, no, don't do that, Murad. No, there's no need for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, so... according to the keep this morning, um, nobody is going to see the end of the season. Um, coaching wise, um, or if they they won't be there next season, Until long. and Until yeah, long. yeah, and and they've they've got to get them back into the Champions Cup at the very minimum, which is looking like a bit of an ask at the moment. Well, he um, needs to, he needs to find whatever he did to buy that entire squad five six years ago. He needs to do that again, doesn't he? They've let it drift for far too long. He sort of tried, didn't he? But he just didn't buy players that were as you know. He didn't sign a Wilkinson this time. I think he no, thought he signed a Quade Cooper. Now, yeah, see, if, he'd, 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 if he'd have phoned me, I could have told mm. him that that wasn't do really that, going to work. Bad idea. Yeah. Well, I think what he did was he thought, ah, what did Johnny Wilkinson do? He kicked goals and he defended. Well, that's what Lee Halfpenny does as well. So, so yeah. I'll just do that. He and looks. Like, he looks permanent. No, 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 Murad. That's that's not the same thing. And he looks just permanently haunted, Lee Halfpenny. Oh God, it's just like somebody save him. For all the talk that he's going to somehow like, they I know they're offering him more money than God to stay, but that, there he's is got a man now, who wants he? to be in Gasinan at all times. <laughs> like when it comes to something, when you're having such a shit time that you want to be in Gasinan more than you want to be on the fucking Mediterranean. <laughs> I just want to go back to the Neath Valley. Is it in the Neath Valley Gasinan? I uh, forget. Swansea, no, Swansea yeah, Valley, is it? But... Anyway, it's, it's, it's west of Swansea, isn't it? Swansea-ish. That's Swansea-ish. My... That's all you need to know. <laughs> There's not even a motorway goes there. The M4 runs out before you get to Gasinan. Um, Basically. Yeah, so Leicester looked absolutely appalling um, in the, for the 40 minutes. The so wasps, 40, looked, yeah. wasps looked irresistible. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? it and was then like all they... of a sudden Leicester looked like they might win it. Yeah. It was a weird, like, Jekyll and Hot. I don't know whether Wasps just decided job done after 40 minutes. And then they kind of allowed Leicester to be... Well, because Wasps are one of those kind of... teams that they don't have a very big pack. And so if they take the foot off a little yeah. bit, they will and stop doing that thing that they do. The bench in the pack isn't that impressive. 
And I suppose no, Haskell is an no. England international, but of course he came on to be impressive and impressively just got carted straight back off again, bless him. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that is problematic. I did post the Simpsons happens, gif because it was too. I did it was like, too. I it was too. That. It was yeah. too. It was too good not to. Too isn't it? easy to resist. And um, but was for all the kind of the commentators getting to the full circle wank mode over them. They're very florid yeah. about how wonderful they are, and isn't this gorgeous to watch? And yes, yes, it is, and it wasn't an enjoyable, and the pace of it was quite good as well. They were, they were great, yeah. Um, but they still didn't, for their dominance, didn't score enough points. No, they didn't. They should have been, you know, 25, 30 points up. Yes. And they bombed a few. They bombed a few, and it's testament to... Young was absolutely fuming. Leicester's defence... How could you tell that young with fuming? He, there was a, um, a noticeable, just a tiny little twitch <laughs> at the corner of his eye. They interviewed him, uh, they did that stupid halfway through the half interview in the second oh, half. Did you I hear know. it? What he said? I didn't hear it, no. But... He said, how's, how's James Haskell die? Is he all right? He said, well, it's, it's more important I keep an eye on the game right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Di. Thank well, you, die. somebody saying that. <laughs> um, it's basically the equivalent of saying, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm busy right now. No, you hang up. Yeah, so uh, the um yeah, so packs a bit small. Yeah, it and they just it. didn't quite manage to get where they needed to go. And I suppose that's that's the worry for them actually pushing through to the trophies they would like. I think that will be uh, a big issue, to be honest with you. When you think about the teams that they're gonna have to get past to win the Champions yeah. Cup or the Prem. And it was testament. Get bullied. It was testament to Leicester's defence as well, actually, because of all the things yeah. that didn't work that well for Leicester, like Ben Youngs has obviously gone into his "look how shit I am" phase, <laughs> which he's kind bit. of looked for Leicester that way all season. He's kind of like George Ford in the regard that he, yeah, yeah but he he wasn't good at but all. Thompson, the outside defence for mm. uh, Leicester, really, was very good. Really Tom solid. Brady, yeah. very very good. Not that one, Tom, <laughs> not the American one. The uh, the. Uh, the other one. The other one, yeah. So and yeah. he looked pretty good as well. And then then Fandu Saracens, Exeter, Exeter have only got themselves to blame. To lose that. Wow. Well, they didn't lose I it, mean, did they? Given that they committed the lead, daylight yeah. robbery against Bath a couple of weeks ago, I guess it's only fair that they then have daylight robbery committed against them um, in quite a similar situation, really. But, Saracens um, are just a relentless set of bastards, aren't they? They really are. And why did why did Itoji take his scrum cap off halfway through the game? I think that was just like him sort of samsoning it up. Wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? right. It offers gloves, a shit now. Well, gloves are off. <laughs> it's the equivalent the, of the, the, throwing down the gauntlet, throwing yeah. down the scrum hat. The tiny thin thing that makes out like I'm actually, it's actually protecting me in some way is off. Yes, I'm going for it. Yeah, him and Jack Noel are the same. They, can, they don't have fill a pair of shorts. <laughs> and we'll yes. and we'll leave that there. Uh, yes. Yeah, so that was the Premiership. Uh, ta- mm. Tables wise, where has it left them? Where has it left the table? Wasps are top now. Yes, they are, which I suppose is a big deal, but I don't think it'll well, stay they that remain way for top, too long. I think they were top last week, but they, re- they remain top. Yeah, they've won won one more game in Saracens because Saracens drew that one at the weekend, of course. Exeter third, Bath of fourth, Leicester Leicester still knocking around in fifth. I can't see that lasting. And Northampton are sixth. How shit is everybody below Northampton that Northampton are <laughs> well, in sixth? Well, this is the thing. People talk about how shit the Pro 12 is, but God, there are some bad teams in the top half of the Prem. Newcastle like, have genuinely... won six games, so I think, yes, they are definitely clear and home and ready and yes. sorted. But yeah, because if you look below Northampton, if you look at, you've got Harlequins, Gloucester, Newcastle, Sale, Worcester and Bristol. Now, Newcastle, we only keep singing their praises because it's relative. 
mm. compared to what they have been like. Well done them. But actually, yeah, there that's one, two, three, four, five, six, six really not very good teams in the Half way that they are playing. This year is arguably shit. That's not to say that they don't have good players because all no, like, indeed, yeah. Certainly, teams like Gloucester and Quinns are massively talented, but yeah, there are issues, and they're bad. Like, yeah. I mean, Quinns, you've got to, you know, take your hat off to them for they've had some terrible injury problems. I mean, the whole Adam Jones thing was ridiculous. Did you see that? That was it. Was, I'm, I was going to put that in my good section later on. But we can Remarkable. Talk, we yeah. can talk about it now if you want. But I mean, did, no, you, no, did you see the story? Yeah. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about yeah. it later. Um, but, yeah. The, I mean, Quinns have got problems. Sale have got problems in spite of the. Danny Salamona thing seemingly working out quite well. Um, you know, it's yeah, they're, they're just they're teams that have too many big holes in key areas and or terrible all, form. Yeah, and you look at all those teams down in that bottom half; they either are lacking seriously up front or up halfback or mm. both, and. Yeah, it's weird how quickly that's turned because I'm sure the Prem wasn't this shit 12 months ago. It wasn't, I think, and all the teams you expected to kick on again. I, I expected Sale to kick on a bit this year. Yeah, I, expected I expected Northampton to get back where they were supposed to be and I expected Leicester to keep just doing what Leicester do, which is because you can't mm. keep them down for very long. They're just no. two examples. I didn't think Gloucester could get any worse. We hardly no. talked about Gloucester last year. Last season, no, Gloucester were just, were just, were just, average, were just in they? the middle not drawing much attention to themselves. And yeah, then they basically... were basically Newcastle this year, last year. Yes, that's a very good have, point. And, and Quinns to a lesser extent as well. They've done fuck all, but they haven't done anything that awful. So we kind of, they're just, they're beige. Yes. And yeah, this year, even the beige seems a little browner, if you, uh, if you know what I'm saying. I'm with you. So mm. let's talk about the Pro 12 then. The Pro yes. 12, Leinster beat Zebra. You know, that's a big surprise. Yeah. Sp- speaking of Brown, um, Cardiff <laughs> turned in the sort of performance that reminded us exactly why they were in possession of the Cuthbert Police on Cup a few weeks ago. <laughs> yes. Holy shit, they were bad. Um, they somehow managed to have 23% possession against Glasgow. Um, that is unbelievable. 23% possession? Yeah. They. How do you do didn't... that? By literally not. What was the territory the like? Um, not that they were. They were in that situation where they were relatively stout defensively, in a sort of last gap scramble yeah. kind of way, because it was actually it was a ten seven at half time somehow, but then Glasgow just actually remembered how to play rugby in the second half and smashed them. But um, I have to say though, Glasgow, as they're a better team in Europe, if not the world. Uh, executing set piece back moves. Yeah, they're so fucking good at it. When you like look at the fact that they've time got... they do one of those little set moves, they execute it so which so you, which well. Which will obviously be Gregor and that bloke they tried to get on the Lions tour, whose name yes, I can't remember. Yes, bloke who wasn't interested remember. at all. Yes. is he going to Scotland with him? He's not. Is he? He's not going I to. I don't think. I think he's staying with Dave Rennie, which uh, Dave Rennie well, probably quite happy about. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds quite a frightening pair as well. That. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Glasgow um, one. Uh, Scarlet's Ulster, we've kind of touched on with the, yes, with the penalty uh, try. Yes, Ulster continue to confound my pre-season excitement about them. 
by looking very iffy in general and witheringly average as they did on Friday night when they don't have Ruben Pinar and Charles Pietau to be good, yes. basically. Um, they're seven points behind the Scarlets in fifth now, Ulster, and eight points off Glasgow in fourth. So they, they have a game in hand, but like given that anything less than silverware was going to be a massive underachievement mm. for them this year, they are not in great shape. They're not in great shape, are they? And no. Um, yes, and we briefly touched on it earlier, but Ospreys managed to make uh, a bonus point win over the reigning champions about as dour and business-like as is humanly possible. Um, what Can you uh, get through the Six Nations squad losses? That's really what this season's all about now, isn't it? Basically, yeah. The, I mean, from an Ospreys point of view, the only thing that alarms me is who the fuck is going to play 10. Um, oh, because yes. Because it's, it's going to be Josh Matavesi again. Oof. And I don't like that. Because uh, <laughs> other than no. that, we look the Ospreys look very strong everywhere. Like, they're going to have at least, you know, they're going to have Ollie, Ollie Cracknell, Sam Underhill, and probably Dan Baker as a back row. They've got Lloyd Pierce, and they've got, uh, it depends if Bradley Davis is fit or in the Wales squad or whatever, but they've got, and they've got Rory Thornton. They've got pretty much strength everywhere except 10. Because both of their tens they are so good that they're going to be playing for Wales, which is kind of annoying. I wonder what Andy Goode's up to. <laughs> well, you say. I wonder if they might be tempted to bring in someone. Well, they've already, they're already going to have to play somebody fat at ten in Matavesi. So they might as well get yeah, somebody so they might actually well play effective, someone yeah. fat and who actually knows how to play ten. <laughs> yeah, an effective fat person. Yeah, I mean, basically, and Andy Goode is like Dan Bigger if he's hit the pies for ten years. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, if if Dan Bigger really just starts to let himself go now, in 10 years' time, he'll be Andy Good. They basically play the same game, so... I, no gloves, though. We'll have to get Dan some gloves. Oh, the gloves, man. Who still wears gloves now? Um, It's basically... Yeah, that's no, it. No, he's nobody gone. else now. It was all. It was a load. It was a. a there was a lad at Claremont running. Rash, a rash of Scottish Brock players. James. Used Bro- to Brock wear James them. was still wearing them. Yes. Claremont. I bet, I bet he gone now? He's now playing for someone else. I think he wanted to ditch the gloves, though. Or Poe? That's fine. I can find this out at the he touch of ditch the gloves. While you're looking at that, let's let's move on to uh, the big well, game. Well, the one the game we haven't spoken about yes. this weekend. Yes, he's playing for Rochelle. We are. La Rochelle, all right, okay. Yes. Who are top of the top 14 now, weirdly. Are they? I think they, they've gone back there, yeah. I thought they were down the bottom in Grenoble and all that lot. No, they were top of the table at one point, and uh, then somehow they've they've managed to stay that way, and I don't entirely understand how. Let me just before, check before we talk, before we talk about the um, actual game of the mm-hmm. Cuthbert Police on Cup. Uh, Helen Turner got in touch, who I'm assuming must have been at Rodney Parade at the weekend, because she said. She got in touch at My Blood, Blood and Wood. She said, good. Uh, she, this is shit good, but I thought it fit in here. She said, the crowd at the Dragons game humming the Dam Busters theme and shouting <laughs> chocks away at that Treviso winger who had goggles on. <laughs> I mean, that is good. It is a Look, bit. It is a little bit hard-faced to hum the Dam Busters bit, theme when you literally is... probably could test bouncing bombs on that pitch. <laughs> it gets so underwater. Yeah. Um, La Rochelle are actually in second in the top 14 at the moment, behind Claremont. Where are Toulon now? Um, fourth. God, still managed to get in fourth. I know. 
Brassinger in eighth, though. Oh, they're me. completely and utterly fucked. They're magnificently fucked. Yeah. Um, they're like anyway. the la- it's like the last days yeah, of Rome. Yeah, that was the actual one game that we haven't spoken about, aside from the Shitwatch game, of course, which was Munster absolutely prison-shaming yes. Brassing in their rescheduled Rassing, it's like it's, it is like the last days of Rome at Rassing. It's like they're all just having orgies and eating loads of food, well, and then occasionally they're... having to play rugby and doing it very badly. They've just lost. I mean, the whole Johan Goosen thing. Like Dan Carter, basically, just I, he seems to be on holiday. He just could not give a shit. I, I'm no. sorry. I know he's a nice guy and all that, and well, you know, he is. He is on. He had his little. He wanted to come to Europe and have a bit of success. He won the league last year and got to the final. I'm sure he'd love to have won the Champions Cup as well. Mm. But I think once this season got off to a bit of a downer, he was just like, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Me and Ali Williams going to hit the town. You played very badly there, Dan. (laughs) Bothered. (laughs) (laughs) How do you motivate somebody like that at this stage? How much of my pay is performance-based? Not a lot. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Cuthbert Police on Cup. Yes, Cuthbert Police on Cup, the most important game of the weekend. Yes, so it, like a moth to flame, the CPC <laughs> is drawn inexorably back to Italy, and so it was indeed. I believe dragged... this is the first time this has become hashtag Treviso shitwatch since the first since time they had it. A... It's almost exactly a year since we started this crazy shitwatch journey. <laughs> for those who. Re- listeners who don't remember how this whole started when Teresa went the best part of a year without winning a game. They did. Um, and there is something very fitting about it going back to where it started. Um, they've, they've got the the Dragons very nicely. They they packaged up the Shitwatch trophy in its faux leather travel case and Teresa embraced it like an old friend and and took it back to Italy with them. Had where, to pay um, 45 quid on EasyJet to stow it because they hadn't, they hadn't put it in. The... <laughs> they were fuming about that. Nobody <laughs> told them. It's heavy as well. Um, it's made of lead. but <laughs> It's made of regret. <laughs> well, there is that too. Alex Cuthbert's tears. Um... <laughs> so yeah, so now it's back in, it's back in Treviso. Back in Italy. And who have they got first up? I don't Treviso? know. Is They've it Zebra? got Gloucester at home in the Challenge Cup Ooh. this weekend. Ooh. Ooh. This is going to be exciting. Ooh. It's not a double header either, is it? Is it? No. Yes! No. <laughs> so we could have Gloucester shitwatch next week. We could oh, indeed. Please, I oh, don't please, think oh, please, oh, please. Given that Gloucester have suddenly remembered how to play a rugby nothing, game. That. It does mean nothing. Worcester are not a rugby team. Um, <laughs> I'm very, very excited at the prospect of potential Gloucester shitwatch, I'll be honest with you. So out there, everybody, pray. We've said this before. Pray to whatever God or you do or don't believe in that um, we desperately want this to happen next week. So yeah, yeah so the last thing we want is for it to be kicking around Italy for too long. No, because I know. If it does end up with zebra at the end of the season, they are not going to well, exist anymore. If you remember, those of you who tuned into this pod since last year, and I know for a fact you have because the numbers have been going up. We started this as Josh said because Treviso hadn't won for twelve months. And we we initially just called it Treviso Shitwatch to see how long, much longer they would go without winning a game. Then yeah. fairly quickly like they won a game, later. and we were like, "Oh bollocks!" So we had to create this Cuthbert, well, the Shitwatch trophy we called it, and then then it was christened the Cuthbert Police on Cup, and it's been moving around ever since. So actually, if it stays with Treviso now, we'll, we'll be back to the original concept, which is just let's just see how shit That's they are Teresa. for how long. So, and the answer to that is Treviso are pretty shit. So yes. it could, we could be in for a long one. 
But uh, yeah, so right. Let's cross our fingers. I think we'd like to. It deserves a little bit of time in in England. I think it does. The world of work has changed dramatically, and organisations are evolving. A full or part-time MBA from UCD Smurfit School equips managers to react at pace and deliver change. Now is the time to transform your career and gain a new business network. Join our virtual MBA Experience Day on Saturday, November twentieth. Register at smurfitschool.ie/events. UCD Michael Smurfit Graduate Business School, developing impactful business leaders. There are those who fear change, those who welcome change, and those who drive change. At Nissan, we've always believed in driving change. Now, the all-new Nissan Qashqai is here. With the style and tech you want and the power you need, it's the future-proof family car. So, are you ready for change? The all-new Nissan Qashqai, electrified with mild hybrid power. Book a test drive today at nissan.ie. Nissan. Innovation that excites. Uh, let's go on to the shit good ratings, shall we, Josh? Let's do that. Uh, the shit good ratings. Uh, first of all, we have got uh, for me is CJ Stander. Oh, just it's kind of derigueur when he gets awarded the man of the match. Now, I think, I think they were talking to. Um, to Zebo at the end of the game on Sky on the weekend. <laughs> he was basically just like, do you ever get bored of CJ Stander winning manager match all the time? And it wasn't, I mean, his, his general like performance is just a given now. He just seems to it's turn up and be so a total good. powerhouse, doesn't he? But it was specifically for his charge down try. Oh, so good. Where he charged the ball down, then somebody else got the ball, and then he popped up in the line 12 seconds yes. later to but, score the try. He got, what, 62 metres on 22 carries, which, again, Ugh. none of those were easy carries. Do you remember last year when that. we did our effective metres thing? effective metres, and he never took and he never took, And we said, that can't be right. But actually, no. the more you look at him, yeah, I think it probably right. is. Yeah, He's an absolute menace. Like, for all the talk of Bunapola and Falatau and Reed, and I know he plays six for Ireland, but he is clearly one of the best number eights in the world. Yes. And he's on his day. He's absolutely unplayable. Um, good for me. Um, it pains me to say this. Actually, no. I'm going to go related to that. Uh, is speaking of that CJ standard try. Is Peter Romani's amazing knee slide celebration thing that yes. he did when Stan. It was. We see this sort of shit in football. Somebody's made a looping gif out of it, which is a wonderful thing. I could watch that for days. Um, But there's something brilliantly weird about the way that he sort of Omani's like in support. He's there. He's basically getting ready to hit a ruck, and then he sees Stander crashing over, and he sort of seamlessly transfers first from like clear out into fist pumping knee slide and looks into directly camera. into the camera that's the genius <laughs> of it he must so have always a red light on top of that camera <laughs> looks next level shit is brilliant i love it um yeah. other things it pains me to say it but jack noel yes like, two weeks of never, it now yeah i've never really liked jack noel for a variety of reasons the haircut the mustache the way he reduces what should be the most exciting position on the rugby pitch into the rugby equivalent of doing your tax returns. But you just cannot deny 
that he is in utterly ridiculous form right now. Which is like, particularly impressive given that he's been injured a lot. He hasn't even he has, built up to come, this form. He's just come back in that form. It's remarkable. And he's in, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And he's never going to be Christian Wade. But if you want a big, unsubtle lump, for a winger, which obviously Eddie Jones does, um, it's hard to imagine one doing it better than what Noel is at the moment, to be honest. Speaking of good and wingers, mm. Tom Brady was very good. He, you know, yes. these journeyman wingers, he was very good at the weekend. But also, Christian Wade, right? Now, we did him for good last week. I'm not going to go into it again. But specifically, very specifically, did you notice that throughout the entire game, and how can this be legal, by the way, he was chewing chewing gum? Chewing gum, which seems horrendously dangerous. <laughs> it does seem remarkably dangerous. No, which one means he hasn't got a gum shield in, and two yep. means he's chewing chewing gum. It's like there are two things there that I know that like a lot of backs don't like wearing gum shields. Yes, but but you should because it's fucking stupid. Um, but yeah, like we talk about trying to protect player welfare, but like. <laughs> When I was a kid, risk of choking every I was time a kid, he goes into contact. lying down with chewing gum was the most, it was drummed into me, it was the most terrifying thing you could ever do. <laughs> lying down with chewing gum in your mouth. Falling asleep with chewing gum in your mouth, Ooh. that was properly like launching yourself off a tall building yeah. onto, an, onto a field of spikes. And running into several, you know, 15 or 20 car crash level physical just contact. imagine how piss-boilingly irritating it must be when he's just done that dance thing around you like he did with Fitzgerald. And then you look <laughs> up and he's running off chewing gum. Yeah. You must want to fucking kill him, wouldn't you? Just, he's, 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 he, all he needs to do is do an air pistol at you. And <laughs> yeah, and a wink. Away. And and a it's wink. Just... <laughs> <laughs> he's just... Yeah, he's basically like the sort of mouthy little like school bully shit that just does a dickish thing and then's like, yeah, yeah. fuck you. How oh, you like me now, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, leaving that that good, we mentioned you mentioned it briefly before we're going to come to it now, is the whole Adam Jones scenario. Oh. Ilsa, oh. Ilsa Will 1975 got in touch on Twitter, at Blood and Mother, at Josh Gardner, and, and suggested Adam Jones, and Tim Sweel as well, actually. But Adam yes, Jones in particular, do you know the backstory about this? He was basically at home. He'd been given the weekend off because he wasn't going to be needed. No. Then Graham Roundtree was unwell. Mm. So he said, oh, sorry, Adam, you're going to have to come and look after the scrum today because he's not very well. Then Marla pulled something in the warm-up, I think, or wasn't feeling Mm. great in the warm-up. So he said, oh, sorry, Adam, you're going to have to go on the bench. (laughs) And he's like, oh, all right. And then what I love is, is that happens loads in amateur rugby. I remember turning up once to our club's <laughs> second team to, very old, yeah. to watch them on the Marl in Grangetown. And, he, and I lived just off the Marl in Cardiff. And they said, where do you live? I said, over there. He said, can you go and get your boots? Because I, I thought, oh, fucking hell, could the kids have just been off? I went, and that's basically what's happened to him. And I ended yeah. up getting like half an hour at the end of the game. And I didn't want to play. I felt like saying, I'll go on, but I'm not tackling anybody sort of thing. <laughs> that must have been what he was like. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll go on, well, but I'm not running. Fine. You know, he is. But he's just signed a new deal with Quinns where he is going to be player coach. Yeah. Um, so in his mind, it's all pints and pies from here on in. And he went particularly in... this weekend, he was probably just thinking, brilliant, I'm going to sit on the chair in my living room and I'm going to do fuck all. <laughs> yeah. And then at 11, it was 11 I phoned Di Young's pie monkey and he's going to bring some stuff <laughs> around for me and we're sorted. Don't, don't talk about Peter Thomas that way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very that's a good. very Cardiff joke. Very good, so, yeah. Uh, enjoy that, everyone. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but it was like eleven o'clock, and wasn't he was, it? and he had to come on after twenty-two minutes. Yeah, because somebody broke his fucking ankles, <laughs> and, and he had to come on at a loose head as well. <laughs> he's and, just and he's an still... absolute legend. He's... Oh god, he is it genuinely my favorite player ever. Immensely fucking strong these people are. Uh, you know, he is... just naturally total. I mean, he's probably still going to gym a bit, but it's just naturally complete beast. <laughs> when he's I'm a at... monster. When, when he did that thing on BT Sport where, you know, they do the, the tackle power, the scrum mm. hit power thing. Yeah. I think he the first time they had him on there, he basically broke the machine. But that's because, because as well, he built his entire game. On the hit. On the and hit. The, the and that's why. The power that yeah. he gets through those shoulders. Because as soon as he changed, and, and everybody was worried because of that, that when they changed the rules, of course, that he'd be a bit knackered, and he just hasn't been. He's probably not at international level anymore, but he can still hold No, it. he struggled a lot. When they came in, but yeah. it's taken him a couple of years. But now he is a rock solid, you know, club level tight head. And I just said apparently because when you look at because I remember David Flatman. I was when well, I met with David Flatman, and I was look reading up about him, and he was in the same school team as Andrew Sheridan at Dulwich College. Imagine Christ. coming to play that team. <laughs> When the front row was basically him, and and Andrew Sheridan was slightly overrated as an international player, but imagine being yes. a fifteen-year-old. The fucking size of imagine, the man, and you can imagine they both had like full beards when they were fifteen as well, probably. And it, and it would Very have just been oh, absolutely terrifying. But anyway, there you go. So yeah, Adam Jones was good. Anything else for you? Good. Um, speaking of props, um, John Afoa. Let's not beat around the bush. His time at Gloucester has been a massive fucking disappointment, given that he was probably the, one of the best props in Europe when he was at Ulster. But there is something wonderful about a six foot eighteen stone front rower cantering in untouched from outside their twenty-two, like he did for Gloucester on the weekend. Glorious, like wonderful stuff. Um, and to be honest, for all the negativity and downward downside of the ridiculous head contact nonsense this weekend. Really, props have saved the game this weekend. Because you've got Adam doing what he does. You've got John Afoa, as you've just discussed. And then we've got another John, John Welsh in Newcastle, which is one of the most joyful videos I think I have ever seen. It's the fact that Flatman's nearly like creaming himself the whole time. He's so so pleased (laughs) with it. But I mean, it had everything. He had angle, gas. They're just the out, they're just bare-faced audacity to try and yeah. chip it over if Anthony have, Anthony Watson's head. Of all people, the absolute... This is, this is why props are great. Yeah. Because they will look at someone like that and they will... It's like that time that Adam Jones tried the drop goal. It's like, there's basically <laughs> deep down... I forgot about court, that, yeah. And I say this as somebody who used to play in the front row. Deep down in our core, there is a... Yes. A feeling that basically... We could do it if we wanted to. <laughs> we can do to. what you do, you Nancy boys at the back there. Yeah, we just we've got other more physical concerns to worry about, <laughs> so we'll leave that to you. And that was and the Welsh chip was just he was an end product away from being Gethin Jenkins, basically. And it was yeah, yeah as you say, joy. Pure Usually joy. you see you spend I I spend my entire time and I tweet this a lot. You know reasons why fucking props right forward shouldn't be in the line number one thousand two hundred seventy two because there's always <laughs> oh, yeah. an example in the game in there. But he was like, I know I'm in the line, and and he he cut probably a better angle than I've ever seen Brad Barrett cut in his entire career. So. His entire career. So there you go. Right, that's the good stuff. Mm. Let's talk about the shit. Um, 
yeah, I don't know why. Maybe I just got all of my my rage out earlier talking about the new tackle laws, but I, I've come up quite short of shit. Well, this Anthony weekend. Watson is shit for preventing that John Welsh try. Yeah, he should have out of common decency just let that go over his head and let John catch absolutely it. Absolutely, a villain in the game of rugby, if ever. Because they were was. losing anyway, so they might, they as, were, you know, so they might as well have just let it happen. Um, speaking of why they were losing, um, George Ford. Yeah. You know, like how a big part of England's success in the last year has been down to him suddenly remembering that he's good whenever he puts a white shirt on. Eddie Jones better hope that that works as well in 2017 as it did in 2016. I think it will. He though. is dog shit. But I think it will because I think he's basically working to rule a bath. Oh, massively. He he's want basically to be like, like, yeah, right, I'll turn up and I'll kick it and I'll pass it, but I'm not doing anything more than that. You know what I mean? It's kind of on. He's yeah. just lost interest, I think. I mean, it shows how much he's lost interest and how desperately he is, doesn't want to be there anymore. That he's going to fucking sail. It's like, what would possess you to want to go there? He will be a total superstar, though, won't he? He'll be massively indulged there. And obviously, and, and obviously Dimes hates McGinty. Clearly. Which, how can you hate little AJ McGinty, for God's sake? Look at him. He's adorable. I love it that on the BBC website he is listed by his normal name. He's Alan McGinty. Alan, he was <laughs> he was Alan McGinty before. I'm pretty sure he was Alan McGinty when he was Irish. Then he went to college <laughs> in America and came back as AJ. Became AJ. Like, a. Yeah. Other shits. Alex Cuthbert. I, I feel bad saying this because we've got we're trying to give the ladder. But I mean, really. It's, there was a moment in that Cardiff Glasgow game, which I mean, let's face it, nobody in a blue and white and pink striped shirts they were wearing um really covered themselves in glory but wow like they, they just it cut to him on the bench and he was literally he'd just come off and it was head in hands and he hadn't done anything particularly bad it was just another week of him being fucking terrible and yeah i know and i feel really bad as you say i just I just felt sorry for him. I now just I've gone beyond. No, I do. Imagine being him right now. It's it's the Priestland thing. I took the piss out of Priestland for about eighteen months. <laughs> the point was just like, you know what? And this is not just, funny anymore. This is just not really funny anymore. Yeah, there there enters into it a human element, yes. and you start to think, oh, that's that's actually, I yeah, I just don't know what I think. The best thing Alex Cuthbert could do is go and sign for someone in France or England. And get out of here. He needs to do something, doesn't he? He needs to get and out of the goldfish bowl. He needs to replace Ali Brew at Bath. He could, I tell you what, like a team, like he needs to probably go further away than that. Yeah. But like a, a couple of years ago, when he was being linked to Wasps, that would have been perfect for him. Because he would have been in a good, attacking, exciting team. He would have been getting on the end of everything. And he would have been relatively out I of mean, the spotlight. There's one argument when you're not taking the piss to say that he's got all the tools to be a top winger. You know, he's big, he's relatively quick, he's, his finishing is good, he can finish. He was one of the best finishers in the world yeah. for about 18 months. His defence could be better, but then again, yeah. he's not alone in a, as a winger in that. So no, there's he's, plenty he's of them by far that. not the only winger who can't tackle properly. And he does, he, most of the time he does a job, he just he gets it right. wrong. Yeah, but yeah. it's just, his, I mean, but how do you rebuild just... the confidence that is, the, and that's why he just. I, the best thing he could do is just go and sign a deal in fucking Toulon or Toulouse or Stad or somewhere like that. Go and live in. Yeah. Go and live in fucking Paris for two years. Forget about Wales. 
forget about any of that shit, score a boatload of tries. Because he must and only come be, back. what, 26, 25? He's not that yeah, old. Yeah, he wasn't as young as you'd think he was. Oh, right, okay. But he was still quite young. I'll, I'll double check how old he is now. But, yeah. like, yeah, he's, he's got uh, basically his whole. Oh, he's 26. Yes. So yes. I was correct. For once, you were right. Yes. <laughs> I didn't say he was 50, is what I wanted to do no, normally. He did. But yeah, so he could go for, to France for two years, or England for two years, come back and be 28. Mm, it's worth doing, and isn't it? It's bad. It's got to be better than what's happening now. Well, if he hangs around Cardiff for another couple of years, he'll be like 28, 29. It'll all be over. He'll basically be Tom James. But, <laughs> yeah, without the art. Yeah, um, with even <laughs> and without the ability to score footloads of tries at club level. You know, it's... Yeah. It's very yeah. sad. So, and... Poor Alex. Hashtag yes. poor Alex. Um, <laughs> Let's get that going next week. The Dan Cole yellow card was shit for me. For those of you who saw the Leicester game, he was, to be honest, this could have been quite decisive because Leicester were on top, sort of, and, were, mm. and then Wasp came back a bit. And then he was yellow carded for a professional foul in, in his own 22. I'd love to know what people out there thought of this because I was a little bit baffled because I couldn't understand why it was a yellow card because mm. he tackled the wasp player yeah. he was the tackler yeah he stood up nobody mm-hmm. else was involved in 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 the ruck that's a, yep that's a couple not a, ruck. a couple of wasp players came in and kind of made a ruck position but it wasn't a ruck the ref never said ruck i don't think so please like get in touch up bottom if i'm wrong then as the scrum half went to pass it he jumped forward cole jumped forward and slapped the ball out of his hands but it it went from the Leicester point of view, it went backwards, so it wasn't a deliberate knock-on. Yeah, but straight. But he was actually penalised for being off his feet and was given a yellow card for a professional foul. And I was like, "But there was no rug, so you yeah. can't. You can jump you know, and slap the ball the te- when there's no offside yeah. line, can't you?" We all know that technical definition of a ruck is two players in physical contact over a ball. And as far as I can see, that didn't happen because he was the tackler, yeah. and then he got yeah. up, and then he kind of jumped forward and slapped the ball yeah. out. Which tackler is a tackler should get up and get on his feet once he's made the tackle? That's kind of the what only thing I can think is there was a very the, the the wasp players that came in maybe just mm. put their arm on him and then it became a rock. Yeah. I didn't notice all you need that. To, all you need to do is lay a, literally a touch yeah. fingertip on them and you're in a competition rock, so. over the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe that's what it was, yeah. but it didn't seem as clean cut as it was to me. So let me know at Blood and Mud. Um, yeah, maybe the ref kind of just assumed that there was a ruck going on, which does happen. You know, refs take a glance at something and they think they see yeah. what they see most of the time. And, it you know, it confuses people. It confuses refs. You know, you, all that stuff that happened last season with the Chiefs intentionally not committing to rucks so that they yeah, could be very clever. offside was very, very clever, but confused the shit out of a lot of refs because they did not know what to do with it quite a lot. Uh, finally, well, maybe Phelan got in touch. On we've already mentioned mm. this, but Phelan got in touch on Twitter and said, "Can we have a so shit? It's not even worth mentioning it anymore for racing in Europe." Oh, fucking hell! Hopeless. They were the finalists last year, and they have zero points. Yeah. In their group, I mean, Jesus Christ! They're not, they're not zebra, <laughs> no, but ridiculous. they almost they almost have as bad points difference as zebra, which is just fucking appalling. Alistair McKinnon um, got in touch and said that uh, Alex Cuthbert was shit as well. And Joe Taring got in touch and said this was a shit. And this is interesting, right? This is a shit. Brad Barrett's come out with a statement. 
Mm. He's put it on the notes on his phone and then a screen grab then put that up. I fucking hate when players do that. (laughs) I just wanted to express my sincere apologies to Jeff and all the Premiership fans watching on Saturday. No one likes seeing a fellow player get injured, and it's even more disappointing when I'm involved. I love that. It's like, like an accident. It was disappointing <laughs> I was involved in that. Yeah, but you tried to yeah. smack... Anyway. Mm. Um, I take responsibility for my misjudgment of the tackle, fair dues, and I assure you no malice was intended. I, I swung the bu- I swung my arm very in a very friendly manner. Um, wishing <laughs> you a speedy recovery, mate, ex- he exclaimed, exclamation mark. Then basically there was loads of responses then on Twitter, which Joe Taring drew my attention to on Twitter. Mm. Tom Hamilton at ESPN, another guy, Rugby World magazine, Nick Mullins, who's a lovely guy, but he's he's totally mm. in love with rugby, isn't he? And just just it was like a, a classy um bukkake, basically. Ugh. Class from Barrett, classy statement from Brad Barrett. How about this? A mark of the man, very classy. That's a classy touch. Rugby world, that's a classy touch. Hashtag sportsmanship. Now there's a fucking what a How piss, is that what, sports what a piss poor collection of fucking words that is, by the way. But um, that's absolutely right. That's well, I mean, and the thing a, is, this this let's not let's not beat around the bush. He is going to get cited, so these are knocking somebody's that head make off. him look better. Yeah, this is as much. I'm sure he meant it genuinely. I think he means but it. it. Is I also, do think he means it to be yeah, fair. But, but it's just it's this over. But it is also it's a profession. You can't say, "Oh, that's a really classy thing." Saying sorry for nearly taking someone's fucking head off. There's an element that's not of a classy. I mean, thing. rugby that's players decency do apologise, which is a good thing. But I suppose it's all relativism, isn't it? It's kind of like, well, just because you've apologised, isn't that? Because, like, for example, well, football well, wouldn't. You know, it's kind of... What's, what's classy is when two players get in a massive fucking scrap and beat seven shades of shit out of each other, and then after the game they're like, no odd feelings, mate, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Shake hands, have a beer. I mean, maybe he wanted to do that, that but, is it, what but we Parliament like. was in a head brace. So maybe he, he did, but, like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, like, when the player that has been wronged is just like, whatever, mate, it happens... Yeah. In the game, we've all been shit houses at some point. That's that's sportsmanship. That's classy. Like apologising isn't classy. Apologising is just being nice, just being a decent human being. Maybe that's where we've come to now. That that is considered Maybe. to be classy. Maybe, but yeah. But it's, I, 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 it's that kind of clawing over mm. over sentimentalisation of decency that gets on my nerves from time to time. I suppose I'm bound to say that because I'm a bit of an honourable person. But it's it does... the thing that. Everyone who doesn't like rugby fucking hates about rugby is how brilliant rugby is as a sport at self-aggrandizing and smelling its own farts and saying it's delicious and wonderful. It's like we the, the a level of smugness in rugby sometimes annoys even me, and I can get quite smug about rugby. It's it's just a bit much, isn't it? Last last shit was Adam Reese, friend of the pod, mm. got in touch and said Matthew Morgan at fullback was really mean of Glasgow to keep kicking balls at him. Oh, yeah, he's only little. He's only Come a little on. lad. Come on, be fair. He's yes. playing his way into this big game with the mm. big boys. Let's um, finish. Oh, you got one more. One more, and that is simply Connacht's current injury situation. Because do you yeah, know you how many it, fit? 10s, 12s, or 13s, the Pro 12 champions currently have in both their first team and academy squads at the moment? Shoot. One. 
22-year-old centre Rory Parata. They are missing in no particular order. Bundy Aki, Owen Griffin, Peter Robb, Craig Ronaldson, Moritz Boschoff, Shane O'Leary, and on Sunday and Saturday, rather, they lost Jack Carty to an ACL. Meant that uh, Cowlin Blade, the scrum half, had to play 10. Like, when you think of how disappointing Connacht have been this season, it's worth remembering that they've had a fucking comical injury list this season, which is one thing that they didn't have at all last year. No, that was quite lucky, weren't they? And it, I mm. think that... It, it's it's kind of over. They've got that injury list. Pat Lambs, he's a professional guy, and so are they. But there's just this like marking time scenario, isn't there? It's no good. It's all getting to a stage where it's you kind of you know how Bundyaki had that massive like paddy when he got on Twitter when it was announced that Pat Lamb was yes. leaving. Like that was kind of the first shot of. Connacht's gradual decline back to probably the level that they were before because it's going to take somebody very special to come in and motivate that squad Mm. and that group of players in the way that Lamb clearly does and he's clearly not really that bothered anymore so yeah so there you go thank you for all your contributions to the shit good ratings and thank you for constantly contributing to this thing that we do here and we're going to finish and we are going to finish on it with you dirty get the return My of God, you dirty get where we celebrate legendary acts of foul play or you know periods of time when foul play was happening i'd like to take you back josh to 1995 it was a seminal was a, time in rugby it was a wonderful time in rugby if you weren't welsh if you, september, <laughs> um, september 1995 to be specific mm. so post world cup post world cup professionalism is just a matter professionalism is just really happening because yes. I think 95 was the last time which World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was also a matter of weeks, a matter of weeks before What's the Story Morning Glory was released. Those, they really were heady days. They were heady days. Professional rugby and Oasis's second album. All right. I'm going to move away from rugby for a minute. If you haven't seen Supersonic, the direct, the, the um, documentary, to watch that. it is I've heard brilliant. It's Mainly just because Liam is a, is despicable, a despicable man. But yeah. outstanding with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, South Africa played Wales in September 1995 in South yeah. Africa. Which is, a well, now that the Northern Hemisphere calendar, well, the rugby calendar is what it is, it's very easy to forget that these sort of things used to happen. Yeah. Weird. And everyone Just was weird. everyone was predicting an absolute pumping for Wales of biblical proportions. Mm. They thought it was going to be a 10-try job. Yes. Which it didn't and turn it out to be wasn't quite that bad. It wasn't quite. But... It, it, it was actually interesting because people were saying Wales had done very well only to lose, was it 40 points to something? Something like that, 40-13. Yeah. Anyway, the reason why it's in your dirty get is because there were two magnificent punches in it. First really of all, were. Derwin Jones got knocked out cold by Kerbis Visa. Yes, and that, it's, this, it's, this is the kind of shithousery that kind of annoys me because South Africa were clearly much better than Wales at this point. They were. And it's like, and Visa, it was, it's like, basically, like, Derwin Jones sort of tugs him very innocuously on the back of the collar. And then turns away from him. And then turns away. And then there's this fucking nuclear retaliation from Visa where he just turns around (laughs) and cold cocks him in the temple. Yeah, had like a three-page run-up to him and boomed him (laughs) one around the side of the head. Jones went off. Uh, yeah, it's can, like Cobus. I think you probably need to start doing yoga or like meditation or something, mate. Because like, I don't know if a gentle tug on the back of your shoulder can 
And your collar you rather than just that. I mean, everybody who's called Kerbus is a shit house. Basically, it's, called, yes. it's a shit house name, isn't it? it the really bad guy is. in There's, that that South African nice sci-fi film is out there. What's that South African sci-fi film called? Uh, District Nine. District Nine. The bad guy in that is called Kerbus. The bad, like Sergeant yes. Major guy. Yes, he is, and I'm yes. pretty sure the bad ape in the New Planet of the Apes films, <laughs> with all the scars <laughs> on his face, he's called Kerbus as well. Or he might be called Kerbus. Ker- Ker- Either way, my Basically point still stands, though, isn't it? Yeah, so yes. so that was a, a and then Visa to add insults to injury. Visa went he off. He didn't to, even get. He didn't even get penalised for it. And he? went on to score. Team. He scored a try. Just oh to yes, be, he did. Yeah. Then off the bench came everybody's placid friend, Garen Jenkins, man of the Lord, Garen Jenkins. Oh, he's a man of the Lord now. Of course, he is. Yes, indeed. And he basically lamped Eustace Van der Vestes in an injury time. <laughs> it was. It took. It was quite nostalgic. This one, though, because yeah, there were loads of people back. on there. Where they going, Oh look! Oh look! Who's yeah. there? Yeah, and also just because, like, it took you back to the days when rugby players actually punched each other instead of getting involved in sort of handbaggy yeah. shoving matches and slapping. He just went in and absolutely fucking lamped. And it's not like Van der Westhausen was, what a was fucking small. Yeah, they were bloke. actually toe to toe, and Van der Westhausen was obviously not really that interested in having a fight. But Jenkins yeah. just like, <laughs> gripped him, just like, and I then well I think he actually it. swung for him twice. He missed the first time, then he went did. again and lamped him again. And <laughs> we go again. Yeah. So we fill it up again, yeah. So we um, and in- at least at least Juiced was looking at him. That's exactly what I thought. At least they were toe to toe and looking at each other. Yes. Whereas Derwin Jones, who is like eighteen foot tall anyway, was stood yeah. in his own world up in the clouds, basically. Yeah. When Visa <laughs> ran up behind him. Oh yes. Uh, see, that's this is the best part of you dirty get where we get to look back at some shithousery that's quite funny and nostalgic. And, I mean, probably not the best. I mean, Derwin didn't find it funny, I don't imagine. But not at least... No, I mean, I'm sure he can laugh he's about a, it now. He's, he's a very successful now, rugby he's agent. He's an agent so. now, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he basically represents everyone. He went from being a copper to being an agent. There you go. There's a transition in likeable professions, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So the funny thing was, is afterwards, they both got banned. Yes. For how long month, did they get banned for? It? 30 yeah. days. And that was when they didn't do it in games. So it, it probably wouldn't have actually... Yeah, well, if it was in September, I guess. They wouldn't guess. have lost yeah. much rugby, would they? Not international no. rugby, anyway. No, um, they wouldn't have lost any, I guess. But having a stand-up fight with a bloke and chinning him was 30 days. Mm. But taking like a seven-yard run-up to basically boom somebody in the temple when they're not looking was 30 days. Yeah, Cold, yeah it, it just shows how much times have changed as far as rugby discipline goes, you know, where we get red cards for entirely accidental things these days. (laughs) Back in the day, you could twat someone in the side of the head and just... Well, Jenkins actually got sent off as well. That's the ironic thing. Well, yeah, he got a red, which was pretty rare in those days, let's be honest. Well, he'd not been on long and it was injury time. Be fair, ref, you know what I mean? (laughs) And we are losing, be fair. Yeah, they were like 40-something down, yeah. So he's a man of God now. I wonder if he ever lamps anybody in church. Well, he did. The reason that I know that he is as a man of, of, of the Lord these days is that he sort of goes around churches in South Wales like talking about how he used to be a horrible shithouse and now he's not because he went to my mother's church a couple of years ago. Oh, did he? He did. Well, that's I nice. Didn't I didn't go. But, Isn't he you know, from Aberdeer? No, I he's didn't from, No, he's from another boil. Yes. 
I remember he's, he's, he's one of those places with no vowels, as people always say about Welsh places. <laughs> yes, well, there's lots of vowels in there. They're just w, all Ys. W and Y are vowels in Welsh, <laughs> I always say to people. Yes, he's from Unisabal, and uh, which is sort of it's on the valley, isn't describe. it? It's it's in it's kind of like it's just above Cardiff and Ponty. Yes. In between, in, in between in the... Taftswell and Ponty, is it? Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's sort of... It's anyway, quite, yeah, this is magnificent bants, by the way. This we talk is a about... quality broadcast. Then we definitely shouldn't have ended the podcast about two minutes ago. <laughs> um, so there you go. That's You Dirty Get. Yes. Um, I'll put a we link on... We got it for a change. We got there. We I'll, did it. Well, we did it. We'll put a link on YouTube, and I'll try and embed it into this Acast player. This should be yes. a fucking interesting yeah. experiment. You too can watch. <laughs> you too can watch, but then it'll cut off our talking while you're watching it. So, but there you no, go. That's annoying. Well, you can cut. You can go. Don't do it while you're driving. See, yeah, you can see Derwin Jones getting twatted upside the head, and then come back and listen to us talk about it. You can, Josh. Thank you very much for this week. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks Always a pleasure. for getting in touch. You can get in touch at Blood and Mud at Josh Gardner. Please let us know. Don't forget to subscribe. Yes. All the best. See you next week. Take care, everybody. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.